Hey folks, my name is Andy Sido. I'm going to keep it simple this week. I'm a musician, now living in Nashville, Tennessee. My guest this week is Jordan Seawick, also known as Piano Jordan on TikTok. He's a musician, songwriter, and performer. You're listening to Middle Class Rockstar. Welcome back to another episode. Good to be back. We're calling this Season 6, starting with Eric Stuckey's episode two weeks ago. It's good to be back. Uh, there was a hiatus on the move, moving from Denver to Nashville. Uh, just took some time. There's some transition, of course, as always, and now I'm finally getting um, settled back in, which is great. I first met Jordan at the Durango Songwriters Expo years ago, and we, we go into all that uh, in our conversation, so I won't delve too deep but um, we're both piano players songwriters so we have that common bond there aren't that many of us relative to to the piano playing or to the songwriting guitar players um, so anyway we got we got to stick together <laughs> um, but we had an interesting conversation Jordan in 2020 uh, really started to work on his TikTok page to interact with people um, and he's grown a huge following uh, of over 600,000 on TikTok. And he performs live and he teaches and he writes songs and he, he does it all. He's an example of somebody who's just uh, doing lots of different things in music to make ends meet. He works hard. Um, we talk about all those things in the podcast. He's a very interesting guy. Um, and I think you're going to enjoy him. And we're going to listen to... A couple of his songs too we've got a clip of two roads which we'll use to bring in the episode in just a minute and uh on the way out we're going to listen to lover and a giver so after after you hear jordan talk um and, and a lot of his tiktok stuff is cover based you get to actually hear him play a couple of his original songs um which is really neat too so we'll jump right in to my conversation with jordan seawick also known as piano jordan Really quickly, though, I want to give a quick thanks to our sponsor, Narrator Music. For simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratormusic.com. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, become a sponsor, shoot me an email at middleclassrockstar@gmail.com or andysidomusic@gmail.com. We can chat about that, figure something out. If you'd like to support this podcast in a monetary way, I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash andysiddo, S-Y-D-O-W. Um, I put out early and exclusive content uh, for my artist career and also for this podcast. And if you'd like to support in a completely free way, you can do so by giving this a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I think that's all. Let's jump in my conversation with Piano Jordan, Jordan Yeah. 
Jordan Seawick, thanks for joining me. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. Nice to talk to you. I'm a big fan of your music and your podcasts and everything. And um, it's, it's, I'm very glad that we um, have remained friends uh, for a few years and all that stuff after Durango Songwriter Expo. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate the kind words, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours as well. Um, and the, I guess the Durango Songwriters Expo is not a bad spot to start. That's that's where we met. Um, and what what brought you to the expo for the first time? And for those who don't know, it's like a a song songwriters and publishers and music industry people all get together, and it, it's mostly about the community. But you showcase and you pitch songs to music supervisors and. There's been some pretty sizable uh, artists like Megan Trainer who have attended the expo, um, but that's where we first met. And and what drew you to it? Yeah, so so like for me, I always recommend it to all my songwriter friends. I recommend the uh, Durango Songwriter Expo, and I always describe it as like like a Disney World for songwriters, like or like the it's like the happiest place on earth if you're a songwriter. So I keep going back and um, I went for the first time, I kind of lost track of the years, <laughs> but I would yeah. say probably uh, seven years ago or eight years ago was my first time. It's a great, it's a great crew of people. How did you first start playing music as a kid? So uh, starting at the very beginning, like even when, when I was like a really little kid, I would like make up my own songs and and I always loved to sing. And um, I uh, started playing piano when I was probably around seven or eight. Um, I would go over to my uh, grandpa's house. He had a piano and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm an only child. I, I didn't have any brothers or sisters. I didn't have a lot of uh, friends and so I would just like play piano and at that point we we didn't have smartphones and I couldn't really entertain myself in other ways so I would just like play piano for like hours upon hours and then I started doing professional acting and when I was uh, 10 I was in Les Mis on Broadway um it was um it was 1997 and that mm. experience kind of changed my life um, in terms of just like being around music and being around like like an orchestra to play this beautiful music and these Broadway singers and um, you know I'm so grateful to have been a part of that experience and I feel like that experience definitely jump started me and even like to this day like even though I don't really act anymore and I you know I'm not working that much in like musical theater in that world you know as a performer i've learned so much from that experience you were cast in les mis at age 10 on broadway it's how did how did that come about and were you was that a a role where you were singing and 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 had a bunch of lines and stuff or what you know what was that about or what was that like excuse me it was a really interesting experience when i was around seven i started like you know, uh, doing commercials and like little things here, here and there. But that experience, that, that was like the the first experience that I had singing solo, you know, on stage in front of a large audience. <laughs> and it yeah. was Broadway. 
Um, and I had uh, five short solos, uh, short songs in that show. And one of them was, was a death scene. So I had to die every, um, every night. And, um, <laughs> what I remember so clearly about that experience is, is how I was like, so nervous, but I like redirected that nervous energy into like performance energy. That's really neat. Um, so did, at what point did you then say, I want to kind of put acting behind me and mostly go for the music thing? Or did you keep doing them both side by side for a while? By the time I was 13, I sort of got burnt out from acting, um, you know, but I still ended up on my study drama at LaGuardia High School, the fame school in New York. But I didn't really enjoy it anymore. I wasn't really enjoying acting. And then some point around like 13, 14, my stuttering, um, it became really hard for me to like, you know, talk and say lines. And at one point, like it didn't really affect me when I was acting, but then at one point it started to. And then I just, um, dove right into playing piano and just like, it was really soothing for me and it still is, it still is. And just, it just makes, um, that nervousness go away. And when I sing, there's no stutter hesitation. So, so I prefer to sing than to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Um, you know, I think, well, well, so, so, so later in, um, you know, in college, I ended up being a music major and a psychology major. And in one of my psychology classes, I learned that it, that it is like a different part of the brain that that speaks and that it sings um while it is connected there's different mechanisms and even just in terms of like rhythm and i you know it's and i feel like when when i play like even i guess when i play and speak it it's also better too so i think it has to do with like just the rhythm of the of the music and and everything do you find that knowing, you know, having what's in front of you, knowing what you're going to say makes any any sort of a difference? Like if you're going to sing Rocket Man, you know the words of Rocket Man. Whereas yes. if you're answering a question, you might not know exactly what you're going to say yet. Does that have any sort of a Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's why for a while when I was acting and if, you know, if I had lines, I knew exactly what to say then most of the time it would be okay, but then sometimes even that wouldn't be okay. But yes, um, I think it does have to do with, um, and I think that like, like for me, I really believe music uh, transcends all those other things in life. And, 
you know, and so so I think I think music is like this greater force that brings everyone together and heals and and you know is, is therapy and is joyful. And now you did you you still do some live performing, and you know that's that's always been a part of what you do. But something that uh, you know you've done is really expand your presence online um and in fact when we when we connected at nam uh i don't remember what it stands for but if you're if you're a musician you've heard of nam and there's a good chance you've been to it but uh we we were hanging out in in uh, anaheim just a few months ago and we're we're chatting and and talking about hitting up a couple keyboard booths and playing some pianos together which we got to do which was just just such a treat yeah and uh you left and my manager said you know piano jordan and i said <laughs> and i said oh that's my buddy jordan we you know we met at the durango expo years ago and she was you know piano jordan and i so, you know i'm fairly new uh to, to like the tiktok world um and so she showed me some of your stuff, and uh, and I said, "Oh my gosh, how cool! How cool that he's doing this!" So I, you know, and we, you know, I followed you and was was checking out all the stuff you do, and and uh, really admiring that you kind of found a way to cut through the noise and and do this thing. And you've been diligent, and you've been on it for a long time. Um, everybody's on social media, right? But I think few people really figure out how to use it uh for for their career in a in a in a good way how how did you how did this start and and what was the motivation there yeah yes yeah, so, so the tiktok thing i started it in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic not having anywhere to play so so it just basically came out of me scrolling through TikTok for like hours. And then I started to see piano players and singers and musicians. And so I saw like, oh, people can duet on here virtually. And um, so then I started making these piano karaoke videos where I would play an instrumental and I'd write the lyrics on the screen. Um, and TikTok makes it relatively easy to duet. So that's like how I was able to grow from that. Since then, it just kind of, it's just continuing to grow and the caliber of the singers that are singing with me has continued to grow and uh Joss Stone's team reached out to me and I made a video with her in person and that was from TikTok and that was to promote her uh Christmas album last year and and Joss Stone was really nice by the way very sweet and and it extremely talented and i also recently worked with constantine marulis in person and they reached out to me because of the TikTok thing and um so, um, and i uh, promoted a song from madison beer and virtually like through TikTok, i like from my piano videos 
like I was uh, uh, so pleased and surprised that like Halle Bailey, the, the new Ariel and Little Mermaid, she sang with me. Jordan Sparks, Andy Grammer, Tovlo, wow. and um, so it's been really crazy because like all all this kind of like when I first started doing it, I was like, is this a waste of time? Like, am I like because it would take me hours to make these videos but i felt compelled i felt like it's my calling it's like what i'm supposed to be doing and i felt like the fact that that people were 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 duetting them and even if when the singers first started to sing with me you know not everybody was singing it great but they were having fun and and on so i started realizing that like um, it's a way to reach people, especially during the pandemic, but I continued and it's continuing to go strong. But like the key, like, I think that social media really is about connection. I mean, I think when I first started, I was like, just like promoting my own songs and singing my own songs. And then I, and I still do that. But at some point I was like, let me not make it about me anymore. Let me make it about yeah that and through that i've been able to build like like over six hundred thousand followers and um and i'm doing promotions for different brands and stuff and like i guess it wasn't a waste of time it was, it was time well spent you said something really insightful at a certain point i made it about them and that's that's a really neat and i think it's tough to do too right because i you know i know i i'll grab for my phone because i've got a new single to promote right and 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 i will post a video about my new single because that's what that's what the music promo gods said i need to do uh yeah and it, i think it's really hard to not make it about yourself there's so much you f you know follow me i'll follow you go comment on people's stuff maybe they'll follow you it's it, it. I think it's very easy for it to be you, 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 and the fact that you were able to recognize that and go the other way with it, uh, and making it about them uh, creates community, and that is, I think, what all artists are looking for, whether it's online or a live show or whatever. We're all looking for um, community. That that's really cool, really insightful, um, and seems. It seems so simple, but yet it's uh, it's very. I don't know. It's it, it's it's hard to do. It's hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I have like uh, we were just talking about Les Mis, and I um I put a bunch of Les Mis piano karaoke videos out there. So if anybody wants to check those out, um, I have like. Um, I dreamed a dream and on my own and, and those in particular, because of my personal experience, like really when I play those songs, like I played more than just what's on the sheet music. Like I'm, you know, I'm experiencing like the whole orchestra playing it and everything, you know?
So, um, and a lot of people uh, don't even know that, that I was in Les Mis, but they could still feel like that I have this, <laughs> that I have this emotional uh, connection with it. How many videos would you say you posted, you know, these piano karaoke videos, how many did you post before you you felt like, okay, this is, this is caught on. This is a thing now. The first one that really caught on that started to like get me a lot of followers and duets was Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. which is probably one of the best songs ever written and, and it transcends all the generations and everything. So it's not surprising that that song, and then I went back later this year and I did a longer version of it, but I think, I mean, yeah, uh, how many videos before it kind of blew up? So, um, I think it just um, it was about uh, certain songs that sort of blew up. Like I did on um, A Thousand Years. That was very successful, and that really got me a lot of followers and a lot of duets. Um, I did Hallelujah, and that did really well. And then I did Hallelujah in a different key. It was more of like a female key. And then that brought in a lot of other like, oh, like, wow, I've never sang that song in the key of that. That sounds great for my voice. And then that gave me a bunch of other ideas. Like, you know, like I'll do multiple keys for this and everything. And I think I was like, I was motivated to do more because of the response. Whereas like on YouTube, I don't really get that much of a response. and and there's not that same way to duet but on instagram there's like there's like a remixing of a reel and you could do the same thing as a duet on tiktok so anybody listening if you want to remix my reel on instagram like because like a lot of people don't really want to join tiktok or don't know anything about tiktok but it is possible to do it on instagram too yeah, you know, I'm sure it's probably. I, I noticed you've been seeming like you've been uh, putting in extra time on Instagram too to try to grow that and, and you know be on be on multiple platforms. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and we've seen that grow recently. I would say. Yeah, yeah, um, which is cool. Now you're talking about what is that feeling when you open up your TikTok and like randomly Andy <laughs> Grammer duetted you? I mean. <laughs> what, what is that? What's that like? Yeah, I mean, I, I was like, like, first I have to check if it's the real Andy Grammer. Because <laughs> uh, uh, actually there, were, there was somebody on TikTok that was not Billy Joel that used the name Billy Joel. And, but the notification said Billy Joel commented on your video. <laughs> but it wasn't the actual Billy Joel. It was just That's awesome, some, yeah. Some random person that, that was able to was able to have the name but yeah but when those things happen it's yeah it's like i just get so excited and i just like wow like like yeah i guess i'm on the right path i guess this is like it's using my ability in the right way as opposed to when i was first starting out doing it i was unsure if it was a good use of my time, but I just felt like I wanted to try it and put in the effort. So, so I'm glad I did. I'm glad I put in the effort into it because it's also making a lot of people really happy. Like I get a lot of uh, uh, comments. Like my mom used to sing this song to me when when I was a kid, and this makes you think of her. And I cried, and or like this is my first 
the first time that I sang and recorded myself singing in years, but but you're playing and I love this song so much that I wanted to do that. And you inspired me to sing again. And when something like that happens, like, wow, that's way, way more important than like a celebrity singing with me. Like it's, it's like making really making people, you know, happy, or it's just a therapy for somebody that's having a bad day and wants to sing with me. And I thought it was just a thing during the pandemic, but it's, but it's still going on. It's still growing and it's making people happy and it's it's making me happy. Making people happy is is the ultimate is the ultimate, right? That's an amazing feeling. On the other end, there are haters on the internet. Have have you experienced some of that on your videos? People saying you know, not nice things? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I have a song about social media uh, called Like Me and Follow Me. And one of, one of the lines is about trolls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're only trolling because you're feeling lonely. But, um, but I've been relatively fortunate that I feel like I have very few negative comments. Um, like one thing that that I get a lot of is like, like, oh, you're playing it too fast or too slow or something like that. But compared to all the other <laughs> uh, trolls on the internet, that's not bad at all. And um, like in every once in a while, I'll get something that's kind of bad vibes and that doesn't really gel with all the good comments and all the positive feeling. And what I do, I mean, every everyone handles it differently. What I do, if I see one of those comments, I just delete it right away. I don't respond. I don't, you know, engage. I just, like, remove it and focus on the positive comments. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's – I guess that's a that's a great way to handle it probably. I, there's a, I, You see a lot of engaging with it, and sometimes it's funny, but also, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes I think we just do, do uh, without it. And by engaging with it, I don't know if it's any better than – than posting it yourself. I don't know, but that's that's an interesting method. Another thing you were talking about uh, as we first got into this was company, you know, brands reaching out and artists reaching out. And I know at Nam, you know, you were having serious conversations with keyboard companies, you know, yeah. about like, yeah. you know, I, I about endorsement deals and things. Um, how have you been able to monetize on this? Yeah, well, there's been a few different ways. I mean, yeah, in terms of like brand ads, I'm actually working on something now with a company that I met at NAM called Jam Zone, and they have these karaoke tracks, but there's so much more than that. They like re-record pop songs with like, where you can isolate the drums and the piano and the vocal, and you can take out the vocal and everything. So, so I've been working with Jamzone. I'm going to do some more videos and with, so I reached out to musicnotes.com, yeah. which is where, where I get all of my sheet music. And, you know, I've been a customer of them for years. So, so I, I mean, I reached out to them and they were like, Oh, you're piano Jordan. We wrote about you in one of our blogs last year. And I didn't even know that <laughs> recently, meaning like the last four months, 
uh, TikTok has has started to pay creators that have videos longer than a minute that have like like more than a million views on each. And I have a bunch of videos like that that I released in the last four months, like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is one part of your world, right as the new Little Mermaid came out. So a lot of it's timing too. Yeah, <laughs> so, right, I mean, right, I, right. Someone I did, I Have Nothing by Whitney Houston, and that was hugely popular. And that, and I didn't even realize, but they had just released the new Whitney Houston document, um, movie on netflix like like around the time that i posted it that one i didn't even realize the timing of it but that helped um also i've been working with independent artists and songwriters that you know want me to promote their new song and to play piano along with it and everything so i've been doing that kind of stuff as well um, so, I mean, I have a bunch of keyboards and digital pianos now um, in my house that I have to uh, promote. And I, yeah, yeah, I love it. It's fun. But they <laughs> send they send you a keyboard and then you promote it, do some videos with it. But you get to keep the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That yeah. Sounds, that sounds like a pretty pretty cool deal. I wanted to ask you too. I know we chatted uh, slightly about this before we jumped on about vulnerability and in, in being comfortable being vulnerable online, which I think for a lot of us is maybe even more difficult than being vulnerable in person. Um, how have you been able to overcome that? That's interesting. It's a, it's an interesting question. You follow me and you see that I post a lot on social media. But I rarely post personal stuff on social media. Yeah. Um, I, I post a lot of music stuff. I post a lot of little jokes and memes. And <laughs> and I post a lot of music stuff. Or sometimes if there's something on my mind like that's happening in the world that's really, really bothering me that I want to say something about it. But for the most part, I don't – like I'm not – really that personal on the internet like especially on and tiktok like i'm very focused in like creating content that is music i'm putting music out there all the time but i rarely make videos where i'm being vulnerable so i choose not to do that but i feel like putting music out there all the time or putting little jokes and making people laugh. I feel like that's what I want to put out into the world. I don't want to get too personal, but I know a lot of people on TikTok do. They get super personal about their dating life and their <laughs> and their fears and insecurities and their crazy stories that they had. And for me, that's not something, I don't know, it's just not something that I'm compelled to do right now or i don't know maybe at one point there will be something that i've that i'd like to share and be a little more more vulnerable but i think i music really transcends and is universal and connects and i feel like those are the posts anyway that are gonna really connect 
you put out Sun Inside You, which was a you know a full length in 2018, and then your yeah. most recent single Two Roads, which came out November 11th, 2022. Do you have any plans in the works for another album or to be releasing some more original stuff on on Spotify? Yes, yes. Um, I have three new songs, and um, this time around, I'm gonna release a bunch of singles, and then released an album for my album sun inside you i worked on that seven years eight years and i was just like so determined to like wait until i had an, like an 11 song album i just really wanted to do that and then when i released it i sort of regret not releasing it bit by bit first and then as an album but that being said, I am very proud of it as a full album. As a, so I have vinyls um, available on my website and CDs, and it's on Spotify and Apple Music and on all those things. And actually, f uh, for that album, I got it mastered by this Grammy Award-winning master on um, that. Um, um, his name is Alan Silverman, and I asked him to make very little space in between the songs. So it'd be like constant music, and it would just flow one into another. So let's talk about your songwriting process a little bit. Are you a, I, I know this is the age-old question that everybody asks, but are you a music first person, or do you start with a lyrical idea, or how do you do it? You know, that's a really interesting question. And uh, to be honest, I have a lot of music ideas all the time. But sometimes, like, since I'm so comfortable on piano and I know so many songs on piano and, like, I study jazz improv and stuff. So, like, I tend to kind of, if I start with the music, I tend to kind of go off and distract myself and then I never finish a song. So usually actually starts with a lyric for me because that keeps me more structured. And in a lot of my songs, I would like to start with kind of like a dark minor thing and then like in the chorus get into like a happy major thing. Like I'm all about that, that sort of thing. And, but yeah, yeah, to answer your question, I do have songs that I've written the melody first, but most of my songs start with the lyric. That's interesting. I feel like a lot of people are riff based. So that's cool. That starts with the with the lyric for you. That's a little different. In in mentioning too, trying to find a chord that fits with the lyric. Uh, that's that's really interesting. And I know uh, certain songwriters do that. Uh, a lot of songwriters just have their chord progression you know, G, C, D, E minor or whatever and write lyrics to it. But I think there's a lot of value in, in what you're saying. I know Stevie Wonder was like that, uh, which is how he comes up with so many crazy out there progressions. Yeah, yeah. And I do love riffs. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about melody and riffs. And, um, and I do have a, a song, actually the last song on my album, uh, Fun Ride, and that that was kind of one of my only songs that like the music was more important to me than the lyric. Like I wanted to make the music like really, really fun and happy and the lyric, like I didn't really think too hard about the lyric on that one. I just kind of like 
was like focused on just having to be like a catchy song and so so that was an example of the opposite but my best lyrics are the ones that start with a lyric is that because like a lyric is already catchy i mean it's if it's stuck in your head uh, it's already yeah mind. yeah 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 like i think it's exciting for me like if like even if like i have like one cool rhyme and phrase like it like excites me to like okay let me build a song on this how often do you dig into the process is it a daily thing for you or a here and there thing uh just in terms of sitting down to write you know you know that's a good question i feel like i i'm sort of more about inspiration but i do like i signed up for this uh songwriting workshop that i've been doing on and off for a number of years and um that's helped because there is weekly assignments there were like a couple of um songwriting assignments that really helped me to create some of the songs that I'm most proud of. One one of those assignments was use all five senses in the songwriting. And my songs Lover and a Giver and Can We Go Back started where using all five senses. And they're they're very different songs, but they use the same exercise to like to create the lyric. And it is a really good exercise for anybody just to, like to concentrate on what you see, what you hear, what you smell, all that stuff. And then there was another assignment to write a, a chorus with only one line repeated. At first, I was a little bit like, like the songwriter in me is like, oh, like I have to constantly be clever and I don't want to repeat myself. But then it led me to uh, create my song, Sun Inside You, which has a repetitive chorus and a melodic. It focuses like, oh, you've got the sun inside of you. Right. Oh. And what I what I realized actually ultimately from like playing shows for like audiences is that actually it is those repetitive songs that that are more interactive with the audience. Because you can right. be like, all right, everyone sing along and they know when to sing. And it's, you know, it's, it's a great way to connect. Do you find that you sacrifice some of your creativity in that by, by the, um, by going after, you know, talking about what the audience wants, they want that catchy hook. Do you say, oh, I'm, I, I don't want to do that. I want to do something more intimate or whatever. I don't want to repeat the chorus 80 times, but those are the rules. Or do you embrace that and say, yeah, let's get people singing along. I'm all in. When I first started writing songs, when I, when I was like in late high school, early college, it was very much like, like a personal thing or, or like, how could I be the most creative with, with my lyric melody and chord choices. And then I think I slowly moved towards just like, I really, honestly, I love when a group of people uh, sing along, whether it's my song or it's a cover song. I just like, that's where I am now mentally. Like what really makes me happy is like, just like bring people together. That's what gives me joy. And I feel like 
what I do on on TikTok is a reflection of that as well, that I want people to sing and I inspire people to sing and it does make them happier because singing does make you happier. That's a scientific fact. So <laughs> it's bigger it's bigger than music for you. Yeah, yeah. And music is also it's the biggest thing for me too. It's like I feel like like it is like an overarching that like bringing people together is really important and music makes me really happy and music has gotten me out of a dark place and so i want to spread the joy to other people as well what do you see for yourself say in the in the future say the next five years or or so or however long but what do you see for yourself in music in the in the near future well i would like for the TikTok fame to translate more into like you know converting some of those TikTok followers into bands who who will come to my shows and i'd like to at one point do like a tour and i'd like to do more collaborations with big singers and i have done that like in the past a couple of years recently, but I would like to also co-write with a lot of people. I'd like to, one of my goals as a lot of singer songwriters is to get a sync placement um, or a, more than one. I want to, um, I have a bunch of new songs that I have to find the right producer for. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to chat with me today. I sure appreciate it, and I love everything you have going on and wish you all the best success in the future. Thank you so much, Andy. All right, that was my conversation with Piano Jordan, Jordan Seawick. Great dude. Glad we got to reconnect. Glad we got to talk. Um Make sure you go and check out his music. Go follow him on social media, TikTok, Instagram, all the things. Um, and one more time, if you'd like to support this podcast in a monetary way, patreon.com slash Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W. Or you could support it for free just by liking it, giving a five-star rating and review. Actually, I don't think you like it. I think you just give it a five-star rating and review. Or maybe you can like it. I don't know. But do those things. I appreciate it a ton. Each and every one helps. And I look forward to chatting with you next week. Here's Lover and a Giver by Jordan Seawick. I hear hateful monsters firing bullets of ignorant bigotry. My eardrum cracks from fabricated facts. Lies arising, fire on the horizon. Trying to curse the hope inside us and divide us. And every day the new Trying to bring back the past Bitter battles on TV
you're free to be a lover and a giver Wanna taste beauty, just wanna feel Wanna get a grasp on something